Good morning, and welcome to the Cyber Smart Morning News Update. With the always evolving world of cyber threats and defense, you need a source you can trust. FBI retired Special Agent Darren Mott guides you through today's intricate cyber landscape and brings you the latest headlines and insights and what it means to you. Let's dive into today's cyber news. Good morning, friends. It is Thanksgiving Eve, Wednesday, November 22nd, 2023. This is the Cyber Smart Morning News Update. I am your host, retired FBI Supervisory Special Agent Darren Mott. And if you are listening to this podcast, thank you so much for taking the time on this, what I'm sure is a busy Wednesday for most folks as they're traveling, finishing up things at work. And if you're taking 15 minutes to listen to me pontificate and give my opinion on various cyber things, I greatly, greatly appreciate it. So let's get right into it so I don't waste a lot of your time. This first one is from the good news file from the indiatimes.com. Um, that doesn't really give you a someone who wrote it. So basically the t- a headline, 255 fake call centers busted for loan insurance and job scams in Noida in six years. So more than 255 call centers and telephone exchanges have been busted and seized in Noida and greater Noida. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. In the last 60 years that were engaged in fraudulent activities related to jobs, insurance, cyber assistance, and various other scams. Um, this is according to uh Shakti Awashti, who is from the ACP. I don't know what ACP is. I assume it's one of their um, uh, law enforcement firms, but says he said that NOTA has become a hub for such activities with fake call centers being exposed regularly. People engaging in these activities have been caught across different sectors of NOIDA and greater NOIDA over the past six years. More than 255 call centers have been busted and seized. Um, that's actually the same, the same, same, same paragraph. Okay. That's what interesting. These arrests took place at sector two B 43 and Noida phase one. If you're one, I'll find that on a map, uh, in that, that area of, of India, they operated from a call center and were targeting us citizens through internet calls and deceived them under the pretext of providing health insurance policy. So, um, bunch of people arrested. Uh, will we ever know how much time they're doing in jail? If at all, hard to say. Uh, as it does say, at least 84 individuals were arrested for scamming people um, using their social security numbers, demanding money through gift cards and so on. I will say this, that they have a lot more work to do because I'm still getting 20, 25 calls a day on this kind of stuff. So at least they're trying to put a dent in it. So thumbs up to the Indian federal police there. Well done. Well done. Cyberscoop.com, AJ Vicenz reporting ransomware group racks, um, racks, rather ransomware groups rack up victims among corporate America. No kidding. A new generation of cyber criminals have breached a slew of major firms, even those that have made major investments in security. And that's the part that drew me to this particular article. Earlier this month, the American defense giant Boeing joined one of corporate America's fastest growing clubs, firms who have been breached by a new generation of increasingly brazen cyber criminals. Last week, the hacking crew calling itself Lockbit posted roughly... 43 gigabytes of company data belonging to Boeing's data uh, parts and distribution business. But that was just one of a string of breaches affecting major U.S. corporations, firms that in theory should have fairly mature defenses carried out by hackers linked to the criminal cyber underground known as the COM, Alpha V, Lockbit, and Lapsus. Among the victims were Boeing, Clorox, Caesars, Microsoft, MGM, NVIDIA, Samsung, Okta, and the Industrial and Commercial Bank of China. And there's more to this article. You can certainly look at it. Uh, and it's interesting, and it makes good points that, you know, the problem here is these are companies that you would think could afford a good cybersecurity program. They probably have it, but they're still failing. Um, it does say that the failure, um, I'm sorry, it says, 
Um, according to data collected by Gray Noise, a company that tracks malicious activity, there are nearly 360 active hosts potentially working to exploit the vulnerability, which is associated with Citrix is being actively targeted. Now, the failure to patch widespread vulnerabilities like these have led to a lucrative cyber criminal landscape for these groups. And that's the case, right? And this is, again, this goes back to something I've been saying for about a week now and has to do with leadership. I mean, what is your cybersecurity strategy if you can't do the simple things like patching vulnerabilities and being able to... Um, you know, protect yourself from these types of attacks. And here's an interesting paragraph in this article. In the absence of law enforcement actions against these criminal hackers, there is little reason to believe these attacks will let up anytime soon. Very true. The FBI has taken some actions to date, specifically against LockBit, and continues to pursue enforcement opportunities when and where we can take them, a senior FBI official said. The problem, obviously, is most of these bad guys aren't in the U.S., so no one's going to jail, no one's going to stop doing it, and, and companies aren't going to get their money back. So certainly we're going to see more of this, and this just highlights the problem. Um, within cybersecurity is that the big companies can't do it themselves and they can afford it. Small and medium businesses really need the help. So if you're a small and medium business listening to this, you know, give me a call. I mean, I, I'm happy to help and I'll do the first hour discussion for free just to kind of see where you are to, um, you know, protect your system. I, I'm here to help. But anyway, that's a, that's a call to action probably too early in the packet. Anyway, cybernews.com. Sorry, I'm getting a pop-up here from PC Mac. Cybernews.com, enterprise software provider Tmax leaks two terabytes of data. This is from Dragita Lapiente reporting. A Korean IT company developing and selling enterprise software has leaked over 50 million sensitive records. A two terabyte strong Kibana cat dashboard has been exposed for over two years. Cyber news researchers discovered it back in January 2023, noting the set of data was first spotted in June 2021. Unfortunately, the company hasn't responded to Cyber News' disclosure emails and requests for an on-the-record comment. Um, and in total, there are 56 million records in the data set. However, some are duplicates, whatever. But the, the data involved here that is being leaked includes employee names, emails, phone numbers, employee and employment contract records, sent attachments, metadata of sent binary, a whole host of stuff. And it's, again, an IT company that you th would think would know better. And when, when made aware of the problem, hasn't done anything to fix it. this is this is not so but so if you anyway let me just say if you do any enterprise software stuff with tmax you may want to change your mind there and move somewhere else cybernews.com damian black reporting ransomware that all the script kitties want to play with that headline alone drew me in the Russian affiliated threat actor Play Ransomware Gang is now a service for sale, according to the cybersecurity analyst Ad Lumen. The group thought to have debuted last year and thought to have launched multiple attacks on targets since then has joined the growing ransomware as a service trend. Cyber criminals are increasingly finding it just as lucrative to hire their toolkits out to other crooks so they can launch attacks on their own. Ad Lumen found that Play Fees range from 200 bucks for simple setup assistance to fully outfitted toolkits ready for deployment in excess of $1,000. Of course, this is not good news for potential ransomware targets who are more likely to find themselves on the receiving end of this attack vector as it widens through proliferation. Making, and this is a quote from someone, oh, from Adla, Ad Lumen, making it available to affiliates that might find sophisticated hackers, less sophisticated script kitties, and various levels of expertise in between could dramatically increase the volume of attacks. Yeah, if any script kitty can just go and pay 200 bucks to get a ransomware kit and start looking for places to deploy it, bad things going to happen, especially um, within small and medium businesses. And, then, and there's a line here that said Ad Lumen adds in, that in recent months, it has seen the ransomware type, also known as PlayCrypt, increasingly targeting small and medium enterprises. So again, be aware, come up with a strategy, 
there's, there's things you can do that can lower your risk. Unfortunately, I don't think most companies are thinking about doing that, but I repeat myself. Bleeping computer, Bill Tolis reporting. Hacktivists breach U.S. nuclear research lab and steal employee data. Again, someone who, or an entity you'd think would know better, but here we are. The Idaho National Lab, that's the big one, confirms they suffered a cyber attack after siege sec hacktivists leaked stolen human resources data online. INL is a nuclear research center run by the U.S. Department of Energy, employs 5,700 specialists in atomic energy, integrated energy, and national security. Um, it does, so this is a hacktivist attack. Uh, on Monday, SiegeSec announced it gained access to INL data, including details on hundreds of thousands of employees, system users, and citizens, including full names, dates of birth, email addresses, phone numbers, social security numbers, physical addresses, employment information. This is a hacktivist uh, target, why they were targeting Hard to say. Um, doesn't really say in this article why that was a target. It may have been a target of opportunity, but ideally for other national labs who use similar infrastructure as the Idaho National Lab, hopefully they are securing their systems. What would be fantastic here is how did Siege Set get in? What was the methodology? What is the postmortem? Hopefully we'll see that down the line. But, you know, I continue to remain hopeful and continue to be disappointed, but it is what it is. So semagazine.com. Um, and then this, here's an example of a postmortem. So thumbs up to this. This is Laura French reporting Netflix bug that opens smart TVs to attack is detailed four years later. So that's, you know, at least better late than never a bug in Netflix screencast protocol allowed hackers to hijack video streams and rickroll unassuming victims or worse. The bug, which impacted the dial protocol created by Netflix and Alphabet's YouTube was patched in 2019. Last year, the researcher who discovered the vulnerability released the technical specificity or specifics rather of the vulnerability for the first time at Black Hat Middle East and Africa. The flaw dubbed Dial Stranger affects TVs, game consoles, and any hardware that is discovered to a nearby device in a local network that also supports the Dial protocol. Um, so... Basically, it says the dial protocol was developed by Netflix and YouTube with collaboration from Sony and Samsung and allows easy screencasting between devices connected to the same local network. The protocol allows pairing without authentication. The protocol shortens the process for multi-screen video sharing from seven steps to just two steps, allowing a second screen device such as a smartphone to discover and launch playback commands to first device, first screen devices like smart TVs. So. I highlight this simply to, to highlight the potential vulnerabilities within IOT devices, right? Like, you know, smart TVs. We all probably, you probably sit in a room with a smart TV right now. I know I am. Um, and ideally you are updating it and you have things turned off. You don't need, if you're not going to share from a third party device onto that TV, turn off that functionality. You don't need it. Turn off um, uh, advertising tracking and stuff like that. So this is a fairly, it's not a really long postmortem, but certainly worth looking at. I'll probably post it tomorrow on LinkedIn uh, and give some more insight into this just because I think it's a good article where someone finally said, here's what happens. Here's how bad guys used it and, and stuff like that. So thumbs up to Netflix and YouTube for, for reporting that kind of stuff. And lastly, this was an interesting article. I saw CSOonline.com, John Gold reporting AT&T's mysterious MSSP spinoff could have upsides for its security consulting business. AT&T is spinning off part of its cybersecurity business, joining a venture firm to create a new managed security services provider entity for faster growth. Telecom giant AT&T uh, moved to say a due to a significant wing of its MSSP unit and is essentially a bid to allow the team's consulting services to grow, according to industry analysts. The new independent group announced by AT&T last week will become part of a new company co-owned by AT&T and venture capital firm Willjam. 
Um, they kind of talk a little bit more at that. The direct focus remains on unlocking the power of our best-in-class connectivity and embedded security features that will allow our network to intelligently protect customers end to end. Yada yada yada. And I only note this simply because I'm, I'm interested to see kind of what the offerings for this particular MSP are. Obviously, it's going to be well known if you're an AT and T provider, if you're an AT and T user, and you have AT and T you know, broadband in your company, this is going to be a service you may look into, but what does that service provide you? Is there cyber, is there any kind of leadership training? Is there any kind of leadership strategic creation? Or is it just, you know, we're going to monitor your network and look for bad stuff and do incident response, which that's all good as well. But it's, again, it's interesting to see the, how this progresses, because I think how CISO management is going to go in the future is that CISOs are not going to want to be employed directly by companies because they're going to be the scapegoat when the company ultimately gets compromised because the co company did not take the strategies created by the CSO seriously or deploy them and then blame them when the bad thing happened. Like the, the, take a look at the, 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 um, the article I mentioned earlier with all the big companies that got hit with ransomware. Clorox already fired their CISO. Likely wasn't her fault. She likely had ideas on how to make things better. They didn't listen. So um, it's going to be an interesting to see if there's a component to this that includes virtual CISOs and if they have the capability to do that job without incorporating the risk from the company that they're supporting. I mean, that's a lot to talk, think about, but um, it'll be interesting to see. I thought that was an interesting article. Again, as always, all the articles mentioned in this particular podcast are in the show notes for you to go and review. If you choose to do so, do so, as always, if you have thoughts, comments, suggestions on the podcast, I'm always anxious or willing to listen or hear from them. Email me, Darren at thecyberguy.com or find me on any of my social media outlets. Specifically, LinkedIn is the best one to find me, Darren, um, linkedin.com slash IN slash Darren Mott. I hope you enjoy the rest of your Wednesday. I hope you have a good Thanksgiving. I will be having a Thanksgiving podcast just because I have nothing else to do Wednesday night. So I'll probably throw a podcast out. Um, but uh, I certainly understand if the numbers for that day are low. If they aren't, again, I appreciate you taking the time to listen. Thanks so much. Have a great rest of your Wednesday. Cyber Smart Morning News is written and produced by Cyber Guy Productions. Feel free to email thoughts, comments, or suggestions to Darren at thecyberguy.com or follow Darren on LinkedIn at linkedin.com slash in slash Darren Mott. Thanks for listening.